Hello, hello everyone. This is the Serie A Fast Break, where we preview the games before they happen. My name is Elliot. I'm with Danielle tonight, and we're going to make our predictions for the upcoming season that starts in a few weeks. How are you doing, Danielle? Oh, besides the angle slipping a little sore, I'm doing good. That's good. All right. So I'm not going to waste any time. Um, let's get rolling. Uh, give me uh, your who you have at the bottom of the table and uh, – for each uh, team, explain uh, why you made each uh, decision. Uh, for the battle of the table, I have Spezia, just because there's really not a lot. We don't really know much about them, and they haven't been in the Syria picture for, I think it was like over 100 and something years, 30 something years or something like that. So there's really not a lot to go on with them. So that's why I kind of have them in the bo- at the bottom position just because there's really no Serie A history with this club. Uh, yep. Yeah, um, in 20th, I have the same. Um, I'm happy for them. They deserve this. They've waited 100 years plus. Um, all the fans deserve to have this moment. Um, I think we talk about the three things you need to survive. A good goalkeeper – Solid, def- solid, basically backline defensively, and be able to score enough goals to sort of, you know, get where you want to go in the season. They have a great goalkeeper, but uh, they signed a um, a very good goalkeeper from PSV over there in Holland. Um, but I'm just afraid that the defense is so weak that as good as he will be this season, and I think he'll be tremendous it just won't be enough to really solidify them out of all the promoted teams coming into the season. They have the worst roster back to front. And I think the the big reason I saw with this one is I just don't know where the goals are going to come from. So I agree with you on that one. All right. In 19th, I have Benevento. Um, they were recently a couple seasons ago in the top flight, but they're just a team that isn't really strong enough, in my opinion, to have what do what it takes to keep uh, the momentum going, especially against teams like Inter Milan, Juventus, and like your middle table teams like Sassiolo. I think they'll struggle. So I see them just like coming back up, but then just going straight back down like they did when they were in this league before. Um, yeah, I, I, I disagree. Um, I got Genoa um, going down. Um, it's there's just not a lot of quality there. You can there are some good players that they have. Uh, your old Inter buddy uh, um, Piamochi's there. Uh, they sold their best player last year in January, and they haven't really replaced them with anything. They have a good center back. They lost Christian Romero, so the defense and he wasn't great, but they're going to be even more leaky this season because they're probably going to throw someone who hasn't been starting regular games for them. Um, this is a team that should have been relegated years ago. Um, it's been a little bit of some Italian football luck, at least over the last uh, couple of seasons. I think they were very, very lucky not to get relegated last year because I think we both agreed that Lecce probably deserved to stay in the league. Um, outside of that, I just uh, – Again, they they brought back uh, um, uh, Matteo Perrin from Juventus um, to to handle it in goal. Um, 
but I just don't think they have enough to really compete with the rest of the league. Um, I think most of the promotion teams are pretty close in comparison, but I just don't see uh, uh, Genoa being able to to survive just because of the other teams that they're going to have to outperform this season. Okay. Still in the bottom three, getting relegated. I actually had Genoa in the 18th spot. Um, we've seen over the past few years that, well, the past few seasons, um, that they've just been struggling and they've been just surviving, like, by a thread. And uh, it's to the point where something has to give, and I don't think they're going to have what it takes to just stay up in the top flight this season, at least next season. All right, uh, not bad. Um, I have Cortone, and I I was a big fan of this club when they were back when they were in Serie A before. They had two seasons here. They beat Lazio last game of the season in their first campaign um, when they looked like they were going to get relegated pretty much the whole season. I thought that was a great story. Um, I'll be honest. I'm not totally sure about this one because I think they have some of the ingredients that they would need to at least potentially – survive the season but again when you're looking at the other teams in this section they other teams around them have better better players so i think i i guess they're they're at a disadvantage because of that uh if they go down i don't think it'll be necessarily uh themselves to blame i just think you know when you look at the other teams who are going to be in this area they just have better players and that's the difference they do have a goal score uh that he scored um, Simpy, who scored uh, 20 goals in Serie B last season. And his two seasons with this team in Serie A, he had seven goals and four goals. If he gets 15 goals, then they probably have a good chance to survive. But um, it's just the rest of this team doesn't really add up to the point where I feel like they're going to survive. Okay, so in 17th, I have Udinese. Um they're just a team that has kind of been near the bottom of the table and has been fighting with a couple other clubs during the points in the season in the relegation zone. So I think they'll have they'll do what it takes to survive, but it will be close with uh, Genoa. Yeah, I also have Udinese in seventeenth. Or sorry, wait, wait, what number are you on? I'm on seventeenth. I think. Hang on, let me check. So, you know, you're on 16, so I'm, I'm upcoming, so I'm on 17. My bad. Yeah, I got the same. Um, l- don't get me wrong. There's no logical explanation for why a team of this um, stature would finish this low. They have good enough players to finish in the top 10 to 12. Last year, I, fi- I believe I picked them to finish like ninth. Um, but for whatever reason, every time they go into a season, they somehow – I just – I don't know what happens. They just underperform. Um, you're talking about Ronaldo Mondraga, g- good uh, midfielder. They have Kevin Lasagna, who's not the sexiest striker in the league, but g- gives you 10 goals a season. They have at Rodrigo DePaul for now. Um, I don't think he'll be there at the end. I think Leeds will probably end up signing him, but they've already signed a replacement. They got Okaka in that midfield, that nasty bully to, to really – solidify everything and there's there's so many good parts of this team and they have one of the best goalkeepers in the league so it's really a team that should be finishing somewhere between 10 and 12 but they never seem to do so and the defense is horrendous 
Um, I think they're going to get spanked around a few times this season. And I think their goalkeeper is a main reason why they're going to keep their head above water. So in 16th, I actually have Cortone. I think they'll survive. Um, just because I think they were just unfortunate when they got sent back down to uh, Serie B, I think it was like two seasons ago. I think it was just that they had a hard time keeping up with the bigger clubs. So I, but they have like those key pieces that could help them moving forward. So that's why I have them in 16th. Not a bad choice at all. Um, so you, I'm at 15th. Um, wait, no, I'm at 16th. Sorry. This yep. is hard to remember. Um, I got Sampdoria at 16th. Um, it's again, it's just one of those things where they don't have a great team, um, but they have enough players to be doing much better than they have been at least the last couple of years. Uh, the main reason I have them high uh, this high is because Claudio Ranieri isn't gonna gonna get a team relegated. He's just too good of a manager, really, to start to see that sort of thing. Um, really, just generally, just because I think there there's enough quality there. They have Fabio who. I believe he's like 38 years old now, but he'll get you 10 goals. You got um, Gabadini, who'll get you another 10 goals. So the going scoring department is probably you're safe there. Then goalkeeper wise, their goalkeeper is excellent. So you're safe there. The defense, I don't like at all. Um, but again, the other things will, I think, overshadow that. And then they have a good, they have a decent midfield that, that will do enough to create enough goals for them to sort of to, to stay up. Um I don't think uh, Udinese or Sampdoria will really be all that threatened um, by the way things go, but uh, we'll just we'll just have to see what happens. But I, I have them in. Um, sorry, sixteenth. Uh, well, and I actually had Sampdoria fifteenth, um, just because, as you said, Ranieri is not one of those managers who's gonna like let them down he's gonna do what is needed oh, to so, hold on sorry I, I don't mean to cut you off i, I did it wrong i have udinese in 15th and then Sampdoria in 16th i, I just i wrote it uh, down incorrectly but okay. continue sorry no worries stuff happens I, I wrote it down on my uh on my sheet but then uh -huh. i wrote my first uh, five teams for my article and it's not not and, and it's a different lineup and i know the article and because i made those decisions before i read it so i just i just I just misread the thing. So, so anyway, just so everyone's clear, <clears throat> I have Udinese ahead of Sampdoria. I have Sampdoria where I said Udinese was. Anyway, continue. Okay, so in 15th, I have Sampdoria. Has I was saying, uh, just just like you stated, be one of those is one of those managers who will do what it takes to get the job done. They have a great uh, quality. They have. Decent quality strikers who will do what it takes to get them the goals needed. They have a good goalkeeper, but of course, as you stated, the defense is kind of like hit and miss. Um, they'll struggle against the big teams, but overall, they're they'll have they have those components that we are looking for when doing this sort of thing. Okay, that's fair. I have actually a question about that. If Ranieri struggles early and gets sacked. Would you, would you, I mean, we're, this, what we're saying right now is just glued in, but would you think that they could get dragged down to the bottom three if that happens? 
if Ranieri does get sacked, I definitely think that would change the whole demographic of this, and I think they would struggle, and they'll they could possibly end up relegated if that were to occur. Yeah, I think I think same. I th- I think they would get relegated if he gets fired, but I don't think he will. But there's always one team who 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 we would don't think are going down, and they end up going down. Just like last year, how the whole year we now no one neither one of us thought Lecce was going down. But then they just got some bad luck. But anyway, I was just curious about that. Um, so is it my turn now? Right? Yes, it is. And I'm at uh, 15, right? Yep. All right. Um, I got Torino. Um, this might be a little low, um, but they always seem to struggle at different points of the season. But they're capable of getting uh, hot and running. Um, Andre Bellati, he's still there. I mean, I think he'll, he'll get 15 goals, and that will be well enough. Uh, Sierra Gu is still excellent um, if he's still there. Um, but, again, not the best defense. Uh, the midfield's nice. I like the midfield. There's a lot of good pieces there. Um, but I think uh, they're, they're not a team that are going to be end up being in a relegation battle or seems that way. But I think just – just based on points, they won't finish that many points above some of the teams that we've just listed. But I think there's enough there where they they can go into the season and not worry about it. And don't get me wrong, a 15th finish for Torino is not a good season. But at least this year, I don't think they'll have to worry about. They don't have. They won't have to look over their shoulder and, and seeing if there's like really somebody that's gonna uh, push them into that position. Because as long as you have that number nine playing there, and as long as he's in form, I think it's really hard to imagine them going down. And so that's what I would say about that. Okay, in fourteenth, I actually put Torino, um, just because uh, Bellotti will get them the goals that they need to. I mean, he's a fifteen or 16 goal score. So he, the goals will be coming from pretty much him. Um, they will struggle throughout the season, as you mentioned, but I just think that they'll finish a little uh, in the 14th spot. Um, but we'll just see what happens. So what number am I on then? I'm on uh, 14. Okay. Yeah. I have an idea. We'll do it this way. Like I'll just say the number yeah, because that- I know where I'm at. Okay. So that way you know where you're going to be at. Okay. Because you go and I have basically the same rep. I actually, I, I, yeah, I know you had them relegated. I have, I have been eventual in 14. Because my, my thought process behind this is every year there's a team that comes up, or it seems like every other couple of years, there's a team comes up that out of nowhere ends up doing way better than any, anybody really expected. Obviously, last year, uh, Verona came into the last season with. You know, one of the one of the weakest teams just on paper, but they ended up doing tremendously well finishing in the top ten, I believe. So I think this is one of these teams. They done from some terrific business. Uh, they they brought in um, Jillick, who who's maybe a center back who might be thirty two years old, but he's played over two hundred games in in uh, France for Monaco and spent time with Torino. He's really experienced. That's going to help them with the just getting some clean sheets here and there. And then they they brought in a lot of good players across the board. So, I, I you know, and then there's a chance they get just – and he's such a young talent that if they get him as well, they might even finish higher than that. So that's, that's where I have them at this point. Okay, so in 13th, I have Process Lunch Meat FC, otherwise known as Bologna. 
this isn't one of those teams that usually finishes in one of, between like t- 12th and 14th place pretty much almost every season. Um, so they have the goal scoring abilities. They have a great goalkeeper, but of course they just struggle against the bigger clubs throughout the season. And usually that's why I think in my opinion, they end up more so in the middle of the table. Okay. Uh, so I'm on there. I think you're crazy with that one, by the way, but I'll explain it when I get to where I have them. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I, I have Verona. Like, I think you're absolutely mental, but that's okay. Um, I We've discussed this. I am mental. <laughs> no, but like when I explain where I have it, I'm just going to bury, bury your argument underneath the water. Um, anyway, it's all good. <laughs> um, it's not a terrible place to put them. I just think it's a little low. Um, anyway, I mean, it's all fun. It's all good. Um, 13th, I have um, Verona. Um, again, they, they ended up finishing the top you know, 10 last year. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to keep it up just because Kambula is probably leaving. Looks, looks like he's going to go to Lazio. You have, um, you still have another desirable piece that other teams are interested in, uh, Pizena, and then they've lost uh, several different pieces. So they have an excellent manager. They have good enough players to not have to be really worried about the bottom of the table. But I just think it's it's going to be really hard for them to create what they did last year because they just kind of came out of nowhere. And they're just not going to be as good with some of the other pieces, but they should still not have to worry about the bottom of the table. Um, in 12th place, I have Cagliari. Um, they're a great team. They have, but of course, as I just stated, some of these clubs struggle against major teams, whereas when it comes to the uh, middle, other middle table teams and the lower teams, they tend to flourish. So that's why I have them in that position. All right. I actually, I'm, we're actually in a line there. Um, doesn't, I, I would have had him higher probably if they, if they're going to get, if they were going to have Roger back for another season, but that's not going to happen. Um, defense. Yeah, that's where joined. my logic was. That's where my logic was. If they were able to get Roger, I think I would put him a little bit higher, but unfortunately we don't know if that's the case. Yeah. I had him I, to be honest. I had him a few spots higher until I heard the news. Um, so anyway, so no Roger, um, he was really important, but, uh, they, they got enough there. They have, um, uh, Pedro, who scored 18 goals last season. It's hard to imagine he's going to score that number again, but even if he can get into the 15, 16, to that range, um, then they have some of their other P- uh, Pavelades coming back, um, who missed most of the season. Incredible goalkeeper, Kragno, if he's still there at the end of the season. Um, just enough, and I think DeFrancesco has a team now where he can he can push them uh, you know, up into this situation. Um, I think they'll be there. I don't think at any point they're going to be worried about the bottom. Um, I think there, there'll be moments in the season where it looks like they can push for the top. Um, but I think this is exactly where they, where they fit, especially without Raja that might change, but you know, based on the business they've done this season so far, um, they signed uh, Razan Martin, who is a Romanian uh, midfielder. Who's really, really fantastic. Um, as well. So they kind of fill the Roger uh, shoes a little bit, but I just don't see them um, doing more um, with the last. So, you know, relatively the normal position for them. Okay. In 11th position, I have 
the kryptonite of Inter Milan, Sassiolo. Um, usually they finish at 11, 10th or 11th throughout the season, so it's basically pretty much consistent of where they would normally be. So, I mean, they're, they, they, they're not good enough to be in the top few teams, like the top teams, but they're not like weak enough to be a part of the lower ones. So usually that's where they end up finishing is either 10th or 11th. So I think it's just fair where I have them because of just based on past history. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think, I think you're a little off on that one too, but not, not by much. I'm not going to kill you for that one. Um, I got Florentina. I try to give these guys the benefit of the doubt every season. And every single season, they end up in 15th. And I just, I'm sorry, I just don't trust them long term. Uh, Federico Chiesa is excellent. He's a fan- talented player, sensational. But he might be the most overrated player in the entire league, just in terms of what he brings. I don't see him having a, a phenomenal campaign where he's going to score 18 goals. I think he'll be at about 7 to 10. Um, and then Vladovic um, is another one. Um, that they should keep on to, but they're trying to loan them out. So I don't, I don't know where – like, there's a lot of question marks. They're, br- they're going to bring in some, some pieces. They're getting uh, Torreira from Arsenal, um, and that, that would be a really nice midfield. Um, then they have Patrick Cortona, who can score them enough goals. Um, I just – again, I just this – is, this is the one team they never live up to expectations, so I can't – put them any higher they probably on just town alone should have been in the top eight this season or not this season but should be in the top eight this season but i just don't think they'll do it in 10th place i have verona um this was the team that pretty much came out of nowhere last season um especially with getting promoted so I think they'll have what it takes to finish at least in the top 10. Um, so, because, I mean, they just continue they continue to wow us. Because, um, like they, I said, they weren't supposed to, like, finish that high. And they gave Inter some issues. So, they ha- are capable of doing what it takes to win against bigger clubs, along with, like, dominating some of your lower table teams. So, I that's why I have them there. Yeah, um, I, I have, you know, I haven't, but like, I think the midsection is the thing that's going to kill them because they, they tend to do okay against the big teams. They tend to do well against the bottom teams. It's just that those few teams that like, that sort of live a little bit in front of the relegation zone, they always seem to struggle with those for some reason. I don't quite get it, but uh, yeah, not, not a bad pick there. Um, so I'm at nine, right? Uh, no, no. I'm at 10, I'm at 10, I'm at 10. Okay. I got yeah. Parma in 10th. Um, they, did, they did lose Kulaveski to Juventus. Um, that's, that's a big loss, but they still have Gervinho. They still have Cornelius. They still have a lot of really young, good players in there. They still got Caramo, who I think is going to play a big role this season. Um, they, have, they have a really good goalkeeper in Sepe. I think the back line is manageable. The inter game was awful, but generally speaking, they they know what they're doing defensively, and um, they were. Uh, and then they got the coach from Lecce, who did a really tremendous job last year with them, uh, Viviani. And I think, you know, him him coming in there is he's going to only help them grow even further. So I see them finishing in the top ten this year. Uh, 
Um, in ninth place, I have Fiorentina. Um, they still have uh, Chiesa, who continues to be one of the best players out there. Um, he, they have the goal scoring abilities that they also have. Even though their defense is hit and miss at times, but they have a solid defense and a good goalkeeper. So. I, it, it, this doing this list is actually the, was the most hardest thing I've ever done because it's like you have to try to figure out like okay what do these teams have, but right, but it's like it's like once you get past the because obviously when you look at the relegation teams and the teams that are going down you look for three specific things that they need to be able to do well and that helps you kind of determine who's going down, but after that happens. Then you go up the table, and a lot of the teams that we're having like next to each other, you can flip those in pretty much any way because they're so close in comparison. Like just like the you know the Sampdoria Udinese thing, they're basically the same type of team. So you just have to determine it on like just on you know luck because a lot of these teams are pretty close in in terms of talent and in terms of ability. So once yeah, it's 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 really difficult. And no one's supposed to get 100% right, but we have to make, we have to be on the record, so we can't, you know, say that we said this team was going to win when we said really said this one in real life. But you know, it's tough, but I think it's fun though. Yeah, I agree. So you are also on number nine. All right, who did I have in number nine? Um, great. Hold on a second, my computer just okay. Um, so swallows number nine. Um, I mean, I don't need to say a lot. I can just say Berardi, Caputo, Boga, Locatelli. I mean, I don't even need to explain that. They have those players and a decent goalkeeper and a decent back line, and there's a lot of good stuff there. Um, I don't know if Caputo's scoring 21 goals this season again, especially given his age. But the fact that Jermaine Boga hasn't been placed yet, and it doesn't seem like he's going to be landing anywhere before the window closes, um, I just think it gives them a big advantage to finish in the top 10 again. They were uh, great last year. Uh, Roberto Zerbi is one of the best coaches in the league. Um, back to front, they're a solid team, and they could even push push even further. But I think this spot is is right where I think they'll finish. Okay. Um, in eighth, I have Parma, just because they, they are a strong team. They still have Gervinio, Caramo, know some of the bigger teams um really well he played for inter just briefly um so he will play a pivotal role and they may even compete possibly for a spot in the europa league in my opinion because they're just they're getting that good um so that's why i have them in that position yeah, I think they have a very good chance. And I think uh, Caramel is going to be a big role this year just because Kuluweski is not there anymore. And so his, his basically spot is open. So as long as he, he's able to perform, he'll be playing pretty much week in, week out. And he wasn't be able to do it last year because Kuluweski was taking the league by storm. So, um, all right. Um, all right. Now I got to get – okay, eighth is Bologna, obviously. Uh, I got to get you on this one. Look <laughs> – um, they're, they have, they have two of the best young players in the league in Orsolini and Musa Barrow. Musa Barrow came in January and scored like 11 goals in like six to 14 games, whatever it is. You know, he's, he's just, he was on fire 
basically the se- the second he stepped his foot in that stadium in that city. Um, then you have other guys who may not score the highest number of goals, but guys like uh, Soriano and um, Federico Santador, who 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 are not goal scorers, but they supply a lot. Then you have you have a decent you know you have a decent backline. You have a good keeper. You have a good midfield. I mean, top to bottom, this team is this is the team that they're going to push. Uh, they have a great coach. I mean, top to bottom, they're just a significantly better team. For me, I think Bologna is a little is, is I think a step above most of the teams in the section. I think I won't say a big step, but I, I still think they have significant advantage all over the place. And they're gonna. They've only added, you know, more good pieces to this team, and this is the the underdog team this season that I think is gonna surprise a lot of people. Okay, in seventh, this is where it kind of got a little bit more tricky for me. Um, uh, it's impossible. What <laughs> seven to like four is impossible. Well, for me, it was a little difficult because I was sitting here like trying to think of certain positions for these teams. In seventh, I know it's probably a little low, but I have Lazio um, just because you know, with, they're not going to have the same momentum like they did last season unless by a miracle they were able to keep up with the title race. Um, it was just unfortunate that the coronavirus, yeah, we're saying it again, um, that stopped that momentum. You, if they were able to keep that momentum going, they could have easily won they, the league. They probably would have won it, to be honest. If we're being really honest about it, They'd yeah. Always- but, but then again, we saw like after the break, um, they just struggled to keep that momentum, and we just saw them further and further in the table. So I think if that may end up being the case, they may start off red hot, but if there's like international with the international breaks and the winter break, I think it'll just work their momentum. So I think I don't think they'll replicate what they did last season unless they decide to shut me up. (laughs) All right. Good one. I, I actually have a feeling that you and me have, you know, what is it? Uh, we're on seven, so six and seven flipped. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> anyway, so um, I actually have Atlanta. Um, here's why. I know Atlanta is the story of Italian football. They've been great last year. They were great the year before. They're scoring machine. What is their biggest issue? Defense. Mm-hmm. What position do they just lose? Center back. And so we're take we're taking out of the count because we know their 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 wing backs are excellent. They go down there with the attackers and score goals. But the center backs is the thing that is incredibly leaky, and they're they're taking out uh, Timothy Castagna, who we don't talk about a lot, but he's actually really good. He goes to Leicester, and they replace him with Christian Romero, who is just not even close to as good as, as Timothy Castagna was. So you're, you're losing that piece. And then, you, you know, the, the, the window probably, you're not losing another piece other than that. Maybe you lose one more. But I just think that, like, this is still going to be a good team. And it's going to be really tight in this area of the table. But I think, like, I think the story ended in that, on that night against PSG. Um, just the way it happened. And, you know, they still have Zabata, who who may be around for one more year. You have Palisic, who's excellent. You have Papu Gomez, who's fantastic. But, again, 
they're not going to be able to handle the pressure this year with Champions League and the league because I just think, you know, and I know they did it last year, but they almost didn't even make it out of the group last year. It was only late heroics that made that happen. So they have a really good team. Gasparini's a, a genius, but I just think they they they're just they're gonna massively step back this year. And and I hate to say it, and I hate that they that this has to be what I think is gonna happen because I, I love this team so much. Uh it's like in Italy, it's like everyone's second favorite team. Um, but I just don't see them having it having it in them for another season, especially because the defense is still a problem and they haven't strengthened it and they've lost one of their best defenders. So it's going to be really tough. They'll score a lot, but they'll concede more goals this year than they'd had before. So that's what I say. So <laughs> I actually went something different. I actually say in sixth place, I have Milan just because they just signed um, – Tenali, and it's going to take them a while to like gel with him. And but they still have some great players in uh, the goalkeeper Donnarumma. Donnarumma. Um, you, Donnarumma. Um, you have Zlatan, who I mean, even though he's old, is, is still going out there and kicking ass. Um, you have they have a, the midfield to do what the a great midfield. They have um, a great defense, a solid defense, but. I think they'll be in sixth place just because it's going to take time with all their new players to gel and work around them. If if they sign Bakioka before the transfer window is over, would that would you switch swap with with um, fifth? Uh, <laughs> with who I fifth, it's uh, probably yes. Okay, I'm just curious because we're doing this before the the transfer window closes because. We don't have a lot of time before the season, so we need to get this out of the way. But um, no, I'm just curious because a lot of this stuff is up up for grabs, and the question mark is whatever. Um, let, let's just say if a transfer signing comes in, we have the right to change. Um, but if you're if if either one of us are going to make a change before the season starts, we have to announce what changes we're making on um, on this podcast or on the other one when we do. Um, so let's say let's say the deadline for changing it is is the is our first preview show before the season. So we have to, if we're going to make an adjustment to what we've done tonight, um, we have to, we have to basically make it known before a, a ball is kicked. Um, but I think, uh, I think if certain signings comes in, we should, we should be allowed to sort of uh, make an adjustment. That sounds fair enough. All right. So you have six, you have Milan six. I have Lazio on six. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, the only reason I have them in sixth and not higher is because of champion because they're having they're going to be in the Champions League and the league. I mean, their team is goes without saying. They have Kiro Mobe, Luis Alberto, Milinkovic Savage, uh, Carrera. Um, they just signed another striker. They're probably getting Kambula. They have Lazari. I mean, their defense is good. They have a good coach. So everything says that they should be finishing higher. But I think the distraction of Champions League is going to break them down. Because they're going to be playing, you know, games every, you know, sometimes two, twice a week. And they're the most of the season, they got eliminated out of the Europa League really quickly. So they didn't need to focus on that. And now this is a bigger competition and they're going to have all their energy in that as well. Trying to go as deep as they can. So I think they'll, they'll take their eye off the ball in, um, in league play. And I think they'll drop. But you know what? They might finish fifth. 
it's just hard with these, like, especially from like four to seven, it's really hard. How are you going to rank these? Because the teams aren't that far apart in terms of talent and all that. Okay. And fifth, I actually have Roma. Um, they will, con- I think they'll secure a spot in the Europa league again. Um, they might compete for a champions league. We'll have to wait and see, but um, they, you guys have the great, a great defense. You got a great, a solid midfield and you got a couple good strikers that are still, but the only thing right now it, that kind of might change the decision is depending on how things go because of the loss of Zanillo. But you guys did just sign uh, permanently um, Carlos Perez, right? Yeah, we signed Carlos Perez permanently, Mkhitaryan permanently, Jordan Virtaud permanently. So all the lone guys that we had this year are all on, on board permanently. And um, Chris Mulling, it seems – Man United are still being a bunch of freaking babies – just, I mean, just like what James said the other the other night, that they're they're basically poisoning the waters of us two negotiating after this if they screw this up. But it seems to be close to done. Man United, it's just like they they're treating us as if we're another English club and that we're rivals and whatever. But it will get done. Man United will do this deal. They'll they'll do it kicking and screaming, but I think it will happen. So Smalling is the Smalling is the big piece that needs to be sort of decided before then. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, overall, you guys got a, more than enough capable players to finish in fifth. Even without Daniela, we I think we'll be fine. But anyway, yeah. Um. So I'm on. What? Where am I at right now? Fifth, so you are right? in fifth. Yep. I got AC Milan. It was a really difficult decision between AC Milan and Roma. Um, the reason I have AC Milan fifth and not fourth, and obviously Tonali helps, and then there's a lot of pieces there and all that stuff. But the midfield that Milan have just – I don't it's, – it's a good mid, – it's a very good midfield, but there's weaknesses inside of it where Roma's midfield is a little bit more – uh, together and I think I think they'll have a great season. I think they'll probably win the Europa League or go very far in it. I think it'll be a great season for produ- uh, for production and what they're trying to do and what they're trying to be in this team. Um, but I think it's going to take one more year before they make Champions League. Okay, and fourth, I mean it may be a little high for them, but I had Atalanta. They still have Zapata there for possibly another season. They still have a a good solid squad that I think they'll be able to finish in a Champions League spot, but they'll—I str- don't think we'll see what they we they did accomplish this season, just because of the loss of a couple of their key pieces. Um, but I still think they have what it takes to get at least in the top four. Fair enough. Um, I'm going with Roman fourth um, again, just like I said. Um... I think there's a tad bit better than Milan and Zaniolo sounds like a big loss and he's extremely talented and, and Roma would be better with him than without him. But the last half of the season, um, would he, even when he came back, I know he came off the bench and scored a couple goals. He wasn't really needed in a lot of those games. We changed a formation that largely favored the squad we had at the time. And if we, if the formation stays the way it had was the last, you know, eight nine games of the season, I think Rome will be fine even without him. He's not playing the season at all. 
um, which sucks. But we still have we have a surplus of options. Pellegrini uh, um, is in, is going to have a big year again, and I think Carlos Perez is going to explode. Uh, then you have experience with Pedro. You have Jeco now looking like he's going to stay. Um, and if we can just add a few more pieces, I think um, again with these, they're all going to be close. But I think, given all the situ- all the circumstances, I think Roma has a slight advantage over Milan, but only by a little bit. Okay, in third, I have Juventus. Um, it's, I mean, you still have your uh, good play. You're, they have a solid, still have a solid defense. They have great strikers in DiBala, Ronaldo. Um, but the thing is, they're just they're finally getting a new manager, um, Andre Pirlo. Um, who hasn't played, hasn't managed a match, so that could probably be why they finish. They'll compete, but I think they just drop because they're gonna have to. The team is gonna have to get used to a new manager. Um, you, they also are losing a bunch of players that aren't a part of his plans, so, and you have to bring in those replacements. So it's just gonna. To me, it, it looks like they're going to be – we've been saying this on our recent episodes. It kind of smells like a rebuild. So when you rebuild something, you have – something has to break before you can go back up. So just because of that, I have them in third. All right. Um, believe it or not, I dropped Napoli to third. And let me explain. So obviously, there's all there's a lot of good things to like about this team. They're ex- excellent coach. Catuso is just f- fantastic. They have so many attacking options. You have Osman, who came from from France, who's really highly rated. They paid a boatload for him. Um, he needs to score a lot, and I I think he will. But I think the pressure might be a little bit too high just off the gate. Um, you lose Kulabali, you're in trouble. Um, they but they still have enough good defenses. They lost Allen. Um, they they renegotiated with Zelensky and they have Mertens and Insigne and all these attacking options. But again, I said, as you remember on our podcast, I said I wouldn't pick Napoli to win the league this season unless I'm absolutely sure. Because as you remember last year, I picked them to win last year because I thought they had enough. But I also thought they were going to get James Rodriguez or Hamas Rodriguez in that team, um, and they weren't able to get that deal done. Um, I thought Napoli was going to get um, a Hadebor and maybe the left back from Sevilla and maybe one more piece. I thought they were going to do more business. They're linked to everybody, but they've only signed one player. And at this point, I can't pick them to really – honestly go for uh, the league. And I think they'll be in the title race. All three of these top teams are going to be in the title race. I don't, I think the, I don't know if you agree with this. Do you think the fourth place team is really going to be in the title race or do you think they're, they'll just be a little off of it? I'm just curious. I think they might because this year, I mean, Juventus is in like a rebuild. I mean, you have a, a lot of these great teams. So, I mean, it's going to be hard to stay. So I think that, I think it'll be like a either a three to four team race this year. I think it will be a four a four team race for half the season, three three fourths of the season. But uh, down the stretch, it's, I think it's going to only there'll only be three teams really like sort of like Atlanta this year where they were in it but they weren't in it. I think it's going to be that kind of situation just because the other teams. It's just going to be so tight, and I think at some point the team in fourth is just going to hit a road bump, and it's going to be they're going to fall back a little bit too far. 
And even though they mathematically will still be in the race, I think at the end of the season, we'll be three teams really fighting for it. But anyway, um, anyway, so that's, that's why Nap- I have Napoli at, at third. Go ahead. Who do you have? In okay. And second, I actually have Napoli. Um, they have all the pieces there. Um, but of course we all know that this is going to be a real tightly contested race this year. Um, they have, I think they just have what it takes to at least finish at least second this year. Okay. Um, and second, I have Juventus. I know they just got Pilro, and I know I ripped them, but they fixed all their problems. And I, I don't think they're, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident they won't win the league. Okay. So let me put that out there. But now you have a team with, with you know, Dabala Ronaldo, Kulaveski. Then you have Arthur Bentacour in the midfield. You have Western McKinney who can play there too. And then you have the defense still needs a little bit of work, and they have a good goalkeeper. Even if Pelro's not a good manager, they'll still, they'll still be in the top three. They're so loaded in a lot of places. They're not a bad – I wouldn't say they're a great team, but given this, what they have there with Dybala and Ronaldo leading that, I, I just I, – I thought about this today, and I had – I had someone else in second, and then I switched because I thought that Juve would really start. I don't know. There's just there's just two. There's a lot of good pieces that they, they kind of fixed a lot of their gaps, which is why, um, you know, I don't think they'll win the league, but I think they'll make it interesting at point. Go ahead. And then we, and then of course we all know who we have in first. I have in first Inter Milan. Um, they just signed Akimi. From Real Madrid, um, they also signed uh, Alexander Kolarov from Roma. Um, he will provide free kicks galore, hopefully for us, because we haven't scored a free kick in a long time. Um, he, they, I think they have what it takes to win the title, but it will all come down to if uh, Antonio Conte is able to actually get his head out of his butt and, um, you know, learn to adapt and not make foolish substitutions in the, at the wrong time. So, I mean, it'll be, it's hard to say, but I hope that they're able to pull it off because if we're struggling in the first half of the season, I would say they have to get rid of Antonio Conte, as we said before, because this Winning a title this season, I think, is make or break for him. Well, out, of co- out of curiosity, if you were to guess, you're picking Inter. How many points clear do you think they'll be to win it? Like one, two, five, seven, thirteen. I'm just curious. <laughs> I really don't know. Um, I would hope at least a good, comfortable cushion of at least uh, no, ten. Do, no, but what? How much do you think? Because we're talking about a tight title race. So ten is like. More, like twice as much as this year, three times as much as this year. So in your heart of hearts, how if, if Inter win the league, what do you think is going to be the space between Inter and – and this is just theoretical. We're just making guesses here, but I'm just curious. So, like, do you want an exact number of points or just the gap? Yeah, just give me – so it, how many points do you think between, are going to be between uh, first and second? I would say at least seven. You think Inter are going to win by seven points? Maybe. Did, wait, do you really think that? Or are you just trying to, like, psych yourself out because you want them to win so bad? 
okay, let me really think about this then. I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go, and then I'll, I'm, I'm going to ask you again. But really think about it. Think, think, like, think if you're, if you really think you're seven points better than, you know, in Roma, uh, Juventus, and Napoli. But just think about it. I'm, I'll explain. Um, Inter and Milan are loaded. They are loaded everywhere. They are easy. Okay. Yes. Before, before the news today, I had a whole different perspective of this, but they're easily the best team in this league going into this. There's no excuse for not to win it. I th- I don't know if they'll win it easily. I think they'll win by five. I think the five points clear. And here's the thing: you don't need Conte anymore. Yes, Inter will probably still go after him. But think about this. All right, you have Lukaku and Martinez up top, right? That's those are those are two fantastic strikers. In the midfield, oh, you only have Roger Nengol and coming back from Calgary, who's in my team this season. You have Brozovic, you have Barella, you still have other pieces in that area. And then on the wing, you can have Pirisic along with other pieces. And then defensively, you're going to have Darmion. Um, and then you'll have, you'll have Kolarov, you'll have Bastoni, you'll have DeVry, you'll have Milan Skriniar, and so on and so forth. The only person who can ruin this is Antonio Conte. Like, oh, God. At this point, there's no reason they shouldn't win it. And I know you've been ripping Vidal for weeks, but if Vidal can come into Inter's team for free and not have to start every game, that's incredible value. So, I like, once I heard that the Roger and Pierce are going back to, to Inter – I, I, you know, my head is like, it's a done deal now. I, and it's not a done deal because it's going to be, it's going to be a ferocious title race. But I feel like Inter can win it by five points. Actually, that does make more sense. If, the, I mean, the least points that they'll probably I'll get say, is I'll maybe. Say, I'll, I'll say that it'll be between two and five points. Because yeah. this, this is not going to be an easy title race. But, but I think they're good enough to win by five points. Yeah, I mean, with how we're getting Perisic back and that'll go on back. We've signed a bunch of crucial player, good players that'll help give us the depth that we need. Oh man. I just hope, man, God, that's all I want for my birthday is a title win. (laughs) You know, what's funny about this though, (laughs) given the circumstances, Vidal might be one of the best signings of the season. I'm not joking. Because the problem I had with Vidal is him being the number one option in the defensive midfield. He doesn't have to anymore. You have a guy who's won titles at every level in Italy, in Germany, and in Spain, right? He's a serial mm-hmm. winner. He, yes, he's 33 years old, but he still has presented good qualities this season at times. So if you can he – he'll start some games, but he'll also come off the bench some games. It, like, if Roger gets tired, you can bring on Vidal, who can give you an excellent 20 minutes. Like, this thing, and if you get Conte, oh, my God. I, I don't think you're getting Conte, to be honest. But I, I'm sort of in the mindset now that it's not like you need him at this point. But because, but now you can't sell Brozovic. That's, that's absolutely a, a um, what, 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 what do you call it? A... A deal no, no. You, you can't you can't sell him now. You could have before. Now you can because now you have you have Raja, you have Brozovic, and you have Vidal in that position. 
And I would still go out to Conte anyways, just because if if you can get him at the whatever they were asking, it was like forty four million now because they wanted to get a goalkeeper and all this stuff. If you can get him at that price, and if, if you, I mean, if you get him at all, it's it's great business. Um, and then I, I I assume they're gonna still make some more moves, but and then you have Makimi. I mean, it's just the team's a joke. I mean, if if Vidal and Raja were in their early twenties, they would walk the league. But I just think they're so good right now because of Perisic. Because just let's just speak this into thing. But you you think it's different now because of Perisic and Raja, right? Yes. So you had Napoli winning before, right? <laughs> Until that happened. Yeah. <laughs> I actually look. Thing is, I didn't even know Perry Search was actually back at the club along with Raja until you just told me. But oh. I was looking. Well, actually, on to be honest with you, I did know about Perisic because I went into the squad list just to see, like, okay, who's already added to the roster and stuff. So when I saw that Perisic and came back, I'm like, hmm. This definitely changes things, so I'm putting Inter to win this thing because we have a good team now. Right, and, no. a, and the bane and the bane or the kryptonite of this team will be Antonio Conte. He's the only one who can screw this up with the players that we have. So hopefully, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I because I I saw. I saw um, uh, I can't say it's Fazio Romero, the 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 journalist. I saw him Mm -hmm. drop a a tweet, a here here we go tweet about Raja coming back to Inter because the Calgary Calgary president said that that they wanted to keep him, but Inter want or want to use him this season. And then Perisic coming back, which I was surprised because I thought we talked a few weeks ago that we thought that Bayern should, you know, I would I would have bought him. But now you have Perisic and Raja in that midfield. It, this whole thing, everything that happened today makes the Vidal thing make so much sense now because now it's not a – you're not signing him to be the, the, the number one guy. You're signing him to be depth. And Vidal, at 33 years old, regardless, as a depth player, depth player at this point, that's incredible. The problem I had was – you can sign Vidal, but he better not be your answer defensive midfield. So just just for sake of argument, because you can so Daniel, you can start Varela and Rajan Nangolan together. <gasps> you see what I'm saying? Hey guys, let me think about that picture in my head for a minute and go. Woohoo! <laughs> because at this point, he's better than Tanali. Just that now, by next season, he may not be. But at this point in time, Raja is better than Tenali. So the, the way I look at this is, and we we know what Roger does. He doesn't score skimpy goals from inside the box. Every goal he scores is going to be from a place where you don't think he should have scored from. So you have oh, that, yeah. <laughs> and then you can have Barella who can feed Martinez and Lukaku, you know, in the box. And then, I don't know. It, like, don't get me wrong. I don't want you guys to win it. But... I kind of do because the Roma connection with Raja, um, not Kolarov. I don't care if he wins, but Raja. I mean, <laughs> wow. Raja deserves. No, the thing is, the thing is, I didn't even give Kolarov a, a farewell post or anything like that because yes, Kolarov scored a bunch of free Yes, he was good for us, but you don't celebrate. I, I don't. Ce- I don't give farewells to people who never were like really a, a Roman, or for you were re- really uh, really a 
I don't know, a Mil- Inter Milano person. Inter- we call ourselves the Interista. <laughs> yeah. So, for example, like I will, I'll give farewell to Parati. He scored two goals in the, the farewell of Durasi and and Toti. Um, you know, I, I gave Raja a farewell because he was a Roman by its very nature. And then, you know, and a lot of other people. But but Kolarov played for Lazio, then he played for Roma, and he was good, but he never truly was like a fan favorite. Like Marcus doesn't like him at all. And he scored free kicks for us in every single season. So I never said so for Roger's sake, if they win it, I'd, I'd be happy for him. But again, I'm just it just heats up the race so much now. And maybe even puts pressure on Napoli to kind of do this, kind of do the same thing. You know what I mean? To right. someone because, you know, and Juve, I think Juve will still be in the picture. I think Roma and, and Milan could even sneak in the title race. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I think they have an outside shot of that. But at this rate, you never know what happens, especially if they make some big moves over the next couple of weeks. Um, anyway, so I, I think the, we we had a lot of the same uh, order. I don't think it was exactly the same, but we had generally uh, pr- pretty similar, except for a few um, things here or there. Um, so let's let's get into our preseason awards. Um, uh, who do you think is winning the Golden Boot? Um, the Golden Boot. I think Ronaldo will win it. Um, it will it will probably be between uh, Ronaldo and um, Immobile again. Um, Lukaku, because- I think Lukaku will be in there too, and Zabata will be in there too. So there's there's several ways you could go with this, but yeah, yeah. Anyway. So yeah, so it it'll be a, a real tight one because last year you had Immobile, Ronaldo, then Lukaku. So I think it'll be a really tightly contested um, race for that title. So who do you got? I got Immobile, um, but let's be clear. I don't think 36 is the number next season. I think the golden boot is one at 20, I'll say 29. Cause I don't think they're the, both of them are going for 30 plus this season. They're going to be less lenient with the penalties as they were this year. Um, they'll get penalties, but they won't get as many as they, they, they would, they got this year. And I think anyway, I have Lazio not finishing the champions league, but you know, because of that, I think a mobile will still turn it on and, and, and give us the goods. Um, and Ronaldo's going to get a lot of penalties. He's going to get a lot of quality up front with the ball and all that stuff. So I think that's a fair way. I thought he was my, he was my second choice, but I got a, I got a mobile again, which sucks because he plays for Lazio, but I, that's what I think is going to happen. Uh, who do you have as the young player of the year? Um, I know we were going to go 21 and under, but I, it's like, I only thought of like one person that's 22 years old. I think Kiesia will kind of like improve a little bit more this season and will finally show. Do you you want me to give you some other alternative choices just to see if you really want to stick with that one? Yeah, that'll work. Delit is an option. Kulaveski is an option. Um, best, you better not pick Bastoni, but I guess technically Bastoni is an option. Um, Tenali is an option. Um, I guess Kiesa would be an option. Uh, who's got a, a young one. Perez would be an option, but I don't think he was it. Um, uh, Bolo- uh, Musso Barrow from Bologna is an option. Um, yeah. If you want to okay. stick with Kiesa, then you can, but. Uh, I'm changing. Arthur is another option too. 
Yeah, I'm actually changing mine because I actually did have the, that one one player in my head that you had just mentioned earlier. Um, I had delit. I I had delit rolling around in my head. Um, he he's just can he's he's still young, but he has grown leaps and bounds this um the pet over last season, and I just don't see him letting up. So hopefully he continues to grow and. We'll go. We'll see what happens. Yeah, uh, you want to piss some people off right now? <laughs> sure. Do you think he's the best defender in the league? Um, are we talking in that whole age league, range? The whole league. Because if you don't piss some people off, I'm going to. <laughs> I think um, he's one of the best defenders in the league. Yes. You don't, but do you think he's number one? If you don't, that's fine. I actually will. I think he's up there. Yeah, I, I think he's number one. And all due respect to DeVry, all due respect to Koulibaly, it ain't close. Not even, it's not close. And you can say, you can call me out. You can call me anything under the sun. He had two bad games. He had a, a collection of bad games um, his first, uh, you know, few months with Juventus. Once he figured out Italian football, that's it. He was. It was over. Um, I probably should have picked him for Young Player of the Year um, this year. Um, I went with Kulovsky, but Kulovsky made Parma um, uh, such a much more explosive team than they would have been. But I think Delight is easily okay. I'm giving it away. Mine is Delight as well. I think he's gonna. He's. I think next season he could actually win the whole, uh, Player of the Season. Um, but still, like he's just. For his age, he's tremendous. Um, I actually think – all right, I'm going to piss some more people off. I think he's the second-best defender of the world. I think Van Dyke is number one. He's number two. That's that's how highly rated I have him as as a player just in in world football. So my young player is also DeLitt. Um, who's your manager of the season? I'm going with Paoli. He, he's a great manager. He knows how to work his team. Ooh. I like that. That's 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 a that's a um a dark horse one. I like it. Um, <laughs> I mean, he don't he works well with this team. He does what he gets the job done with them. Um, of course, there are hiccups along the road, but he is just an overall great manager, and he he just like continues to deliver results even when some people will throw him under the rug. Um, but. Overall, that's why I have him as my manager. Um, I have Mihailovic. I mean, if I'm going to pick Bologna to finish eighth, it kind of has to be him. Just because I don't think there's a lot of people who are picking them that high. Um, but, I mean, dude dude beat leukemia, then got COVID, and beat that too. And he did this entire thing while he was coaching the, the team at the same time. So it's just truly – Truly unbelievable. Um, but but uh, apart from his story, he's just a fantastic manager. And, and I think he's one of the best in the whole league. Uh, forget about just this season or last season. Um, so I would go with um, Pioli. Oh, sorry, not Pioli. I'm sorry, Mihailovic. Um, who is your goalkeeper of the season? I'm going Musso. Um he is has been in one of the usually been in what the top three or five uh, goalkeepers, but I think that just this year with Handanovic um, aging and I mean don't get me wrong, 
don't kill me, guys. Hendanovich is still a great goalkeeper, but with him aging, he's kind of slowed up in certain aspects, and I don't think Hendanovich has what it takes to go get the golden uh, glove. But Musso is like one of those people that could end up being a dark horse. Uh, I I have the same one, but uh, on that point, you should try. You should sign him next summer. I'm not joking. I agree. Hendanovich has been great. If you win the title, you should you should move on. I know that sounds insane, but if if, if Handanovich wins the title with Inter, I think uh, I think they should part ways and get Musso. Like I'm, I'm like it's just not it's just not that difficult. Musso's playing with Udinese, who he's he's their best player as a goalkeeper. If you're the best player and you're the goalkeeper, that usually means your team's not all that good. Um, so I Musso's just incredible. Like the the defense I have is so bad, like it's horrendous. You, I mean, you got did you got you guys crushed them this year too, right? Who? Uh, Udinese. Yeah, I think we crushed them. I think at least once or we crushed, maybe twice. Uh, we, well, no, we we got screwed up on the second one, but uh, the first meeting we had against them, we put four again past them, I think, or maybe even five. We 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 absolutely obliterated them. They're not a good team defensively. They suck. And on top of all that stuff, he still was in the top three in clean sheets, meaning he had more clean sheets. Then some of the other goalkeepers with better defenses. And he's working with those chumps in front of him. Um, I think that just that says everything you need to know about sort of his, you know, his qualities. All right. Um, the, the one we've been waiting for, who's your player of the season? Immobile. Ex- explain. Um, he just he's a great goal scorer. Um, of course, we know that. Um, they're not going to be, there's going to be penalties, but I don't think they're, as you just said, they're not going to be as lenient, but he will do what it takes to get the job done. Um, he, I think he'll, I think he'll score like between anywhere between 27 and maybe 30 goals. Um, he's an over, he's all around a great player and hope we'll see what happens with that one. Yeah, he should score. I think he'll score 35 plus in all competitions. But I, again, I think 29 is going to be the number to, to win it. All right, ready for this one? This one's for you. And <laughs> my player of the season is Lutaro Martinez. Oh! <laughs> all right, let me explain because Inter's winning the league. And just this is what I've always done I always give the player of the season to the team that wins the league. Just because it seems like if you win it, someone on your team is the most likely to, to get the award. And I know I thought about Barella. Barella is going to be huge. I thought about Lukaku. Lukaku will be the top scorer. But this is why. This is why I'm going with Martinez, right? There's this whole narrative about um, him not wanting to be there and all this. Other, I, I don't think it's true. And there's this whole thing about the Barcelona thing. And so for two reasons. Number one. He wants to win something there. And if he wants that Barcelona move eventually, this is the best way to broadcast himself. So I think Lukaku will be the leading scorer. I think I think Lutaro Martinez will be their, their leading scorer in the Champions League. I think in the league, he will be in the top three or to five. I think he will score 20 goals. And I think he'll score between – and I think he'll supply between 10 and 15 assists. So if he has a season of 20 goals and 13 assists, 21 goals, 13 assists, 
you know, it's going to get the job done. And I know Lukaku sounds like the obvious choice, but what I love about Martinez is sometimes Martinez occupies a defender who makes a move that he's not intending to make to basically create space for Lukaku to be open. So I think Martinez, and this sounds crazy, but I think Lataro Martinez is going to win it. And if they win it, I think there's at least a – unless he really wants to go to Barcelona. If he wins the league and wins player of the season, I think there might be a good chance that he would he would extend his contract with Inter. Um, so mine, mine goes to um, Lutaro Martinez. Um, all right, who is your – I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you and I are going to be um, eye-to-eye on this one, but who is your signing of the season? I went with Akimi. Uh, any particular reason? Just give, um, give me a few Just points. because, I mean, he, sco- he is the main reason why Inter got so gracefully kicked out of the Champions League. Um, he's a good player, um, and I think he will do what it takes to help kick Inter to the next level, especially in way of providing that um, depth. That we all and uh, just to let you know, guys, this is the time where you take a shot. If any time I say the word "deb," um, but anyway, back to the seriousness. Um, I mean, it just—he will probably just bring a whole other dimension. And um, but I think I have an idea of where you're going. Yeah, I agree. I'm t- I'm totally in agreement. Um, I actually I have another prediction for you. I think Akeem will be the highest scoring defender in the league. I think wow. he'll score. I think he'll score seven goals. And wow. I, know, I know this is all predictions, but I just think of this in sort of logical way. It's going to be a very inta- attacking centric offense with Barella and uh, and Roger Nangolan back there to not only feed the rest of the team but go forward. And then you can have one side with him, and I know he he'll be in a wing back position, and you put Pierisic on the other side. They're going to create so much offense between them. And we all know what happened in the Dortmund game. Inter went from 2-1 up to 3-2 down. And then they lost at Barcelona, but that was a bone crusher um, just because of the way he, he brought it in that game. And I think to get him at, what was it, $40 million, um, mm-hmm. I think is a, a tremendous signing. And he's one of the best players at his position in, in world football. Um, he's not quite as good as Trent Alexander-Arnold or Alfonso Davies, but he's no lower than three. And I think he'll be the highest scoring defender in the league. I think he will be one of the best players on Inter. And if he's healthy for the entire season, I mean, yeah. So I think it's, there's a lot here at stake, basically just because of, of the, what he'll bring to the side. Um, anyway, <laughs> do you have anything else to add about your predictions or your thing or anything like that? I'm just sitting here ticking down the days, waiting for the season to start, and it should be a definitely a fun one to watch. So until so, we'll see what happens. All right, we will be back um, probably the Wednesday for the kickoff of the season. Uh, we just did this now just because we want it all out, out there in the open. Um, but we'll do this again. I mean, we've gone on for like an hour and ten minutes. Usually. Um, this show will be probably a half hour, 
Um, I mean, it's quite easy to just go to gloss over, say who we're going to win, who's not going to win. Um, but I'm guessing there'll be questions that we ask each other about each of the games and things like that and what players that we should look out for that weekend. Um, and then uh, – but usually it'll be, it'll be shorter. And we'll have conversations, and then each week we can see how we did. Um, it's not a competition or anything like that, or just it's just to see how we did each week. And and uh, we'll we'll be doing score predictions, um, as well as who we think is going to win. And uh, this will just be a fun mini show for you guys to to listen to to see if if we're a bunch of geniuses or a bunch of fools. Uh, so. I'm usually the fool. You're the genius. <laughs> we'll see about it. I don't think you understand how hard it is to pick the correct score in games. It is like very impossible. And I think I think well, I think you'll do fine. There will be some weeks where you kick my ass, and there's there's going to be some week where I kick yours. That's just <laughs> the nature of because picking games it does take a level of skill, but it also can be like dumb luck because right. there's, there's always. There's always these games at the beginning of the season, especially because you don't know what the heck is going on. Because yes, I know. Oh, Napoli has this team. Inter has this team. Roma has this team. They're good. They're good at this. And these teams aren't very good on paper. But then you can get a weird game where a team that's in that's going to finish 19th beats beats Juventus or something like that. Um, so it's just it's just going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be hard to to really predict, but we're just going to have fun with it. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, that's that's all I got to say right now. And uh, we will be back uh, right before the season to preview the opening uh, fixtures um, in the first week of Serie A season. We're really excited. Um, let us know if we were if our predictions were horrible or excellent or whatever. Uh, just this was just for fun. Uh, it's it's in, it's really hard to to make these decisions just because of how good these teams are. Um, Outside of the bottom two, I think we all agree are, are straight up garbage. But um, anyway, that's all. That's all we got to say. Um, have a good night, and uh, see you on the opening week of the season.